This is episode 118 for Tuesday, December 12th, 2017, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week, we will be discussing Style 9B, Ice Bach. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Chris, and together with Travis, Sawyer, and Powers, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week, we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast may be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Well, welcome back, everybody. Hey, feel like it's been a long time. Oh, wait, no. We were here last week. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined today by Powers. That was the voice of Powers. How are you doing, Powers? Hey, I'm all right. How's it going? Not too bad. Can't complain. Cool. Here to drink some icebox. Yeah. Not like the refrigerator. Not like the refrigerator, no. Uh, let me tell you, shopping for these beers. Oh. <laughs> shopping for these beers uh, yesterday, I just had Ice Ice Baby stuck in my head. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, so when uh, Travis brews an ice box, now he has a name for it. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also joined by Sawyer. How are you doing, Sawyer? I am swell. Back to you. That's it. That's all I got. Well, clearly I didn't do anything with beer this week. <laughs> clearly and not. And I'm yeah. drinking water. So Fantastic. Yeah. Also joined by Travis. <laughs> How are you doing, Travis? Doing well. Thank you. You don't How sound you? like you're doing well. <laughs> I'm doing fine. Fine here. We're, we're all fine. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> Thank you for that Star Wars reference. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Because okay. the new Star Wars comes out this week. Yeah. And you've been That's watching right. your way through all the, uh, the other ones. Have been. How's that going? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. We're going to do uh, A New Hope whenever we get done with the podcast mm. tonight. Nice. Good. Did you skip episode one? Nope. I watched that. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> what order? Do you, what? So what order? Are you watching them straight through? Like one through six? Or, this or time, one through seven? Yeah, this time I did uh, episode one all the way through seven. Okay. Uh, last year before Clone Force Awakens came out, I did the, mach- the machete order. Yes. That one's... <laughs> That was the one where you start with you start with four. You, well, you start with four, and then you go. Did you do five, and then go back and do the trilogy? The prequel. Yeah, trilogy? you do four and five because okay. five leaves off on a big cliffhanger. Yeah, and then two and three serve as like an extended flashback. Exactly. And then you finish up with six and, and you leave out one altogether. Yeah, because there's really nothing Star Wars plot mm-hmm. relevant in Episode One that you. Other than you meet Qui Gon and he dies. Yeah, hooray! <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. yeah. But I started at one and also added in the Rogue One episode, mm. tossed that in there. And I even did the animated Clone Wars movie, mm. which didn't really help the story at all. It was just kind of like a 
as a cartoon. No, you can't forget all the way through all the cartoons before the movie comes out. So. Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> right. But at least I saw the movie. Anyway, <laughs> Anyways. This, this is not Star Wars Styles. Yeah. I got sidetracked. This is Bruce Styles. Beer. Uh, anyway. So, um, thanks hmm? for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. What an awful introduction I know, and roundtable discussion. Have you guys lame, not done you know, anything whatever. with beer? No, I've been busy. No. This is a crazy busy week for me. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like, I... I no. There's nothing. There's just nothing there. <laughs> right. I haven't even really messed with my two beers that are fermenting right now. Because I have the, the Rancor Red, my Imperial Red IPA, and my Chocolate Coffee Porter that are both fermenting mm-hmm. and whatever right now. So I haven't even touched those. Right. So, yeah. I drank a couple of new beers. Well, not like new beers, but beers that, again, I should, you know, I should have probably had by now, but have not. Uh, the... Founders breakfast out yes last night. Oh, Very good. Yeah. That one is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one is basically just you know, it, it's it's probably one of my favorite just stout beers I've had ever. I think. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what would be better than it. <clears throat> Temptress is pretty dang good. Yeah, Sin Mint. No, uh, I I did have the Sin Mint a couple weeks ago. That one's that that one's okay. Um, I mean, it's good. It's good, but it's. Uh, Mole Temptress is really good. Ooh. Yeah, that one French is Quarter good. Temptress yeah. is pretty good. Temptress is good. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a uh, I had a Hop Fusion beer for the first time last night, too. Which one? Feisty Blonde. Uh, yeah. I've had a couple of those. It Starting off, it's a little bit weird to get used to with like the honey and the vanilla and the fact that it's a high alcohol blonde there's a lot going on in that beer <laughs> yeah it is a weird one it's but a honey vanilla vanilla wow <laughs> drunk yeah maybe. so uh i mean it, it it was after i had kind of settled into it it was it was better but like that first that first uh first glass i had was uh was definitely shocking to the senses yeah <laughs> there there are a lot of beers from hot fusion that i like better than the feisty mm-hmm. series because there's feisty blonde, feisty redhead, right? Which has cherry, and for me, it kind of tastes like cough syrup cherry. And I Ooh. completely disagree. That's like actually yeah. one of my favorite beers from them, aside so, from the first lipper. To each his own. Yeah, they've got a lot of really good beers there. I'm just not yeah. a fan of those two. Mm-hmm. I was there a couple weekends ago when I did the uh, puppy pup crawl, mm-hmm. and that was the second stop. And I got a flight. They had just released their barrel aged beers the day before, mm-hmm. so I was able to get barrel aged first lipper, mm-hmm. which was incredible. Uh, the barrel-aged Boatman, their barley wine, mm-hmm. got a regular version of the barley wine, and barrel-aged uh, Feisty Blonde, which was interesting. Right. I had okay. another level of complexity there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I liked it better because, in a way, it kind of took away some of the intensity and the shock of the uh, of the vanilla and all those those flavors because the you also get is so like prominent yeah. in that mm. yeah the, the citrus notes but mm. adding in the wood and the bourbon which also typically will impart some vanilla mm. but it seems a little more uh appropriate i guess since okay. it was barrel aged and those those flavors fit together really well so it's nice hmm. i think it'd be really cool to try and barrel age a beer like homebrew wise yeah there are a couple of different ways you can do that uh, like in an actual barrel. Yeah. <laughs> no. But they're really expensive. Yeah. Uh, even just like a a two-gallon barrel, I think it's like 60 or 70 bucks. If you're doing a five-gallon batch, and that's 
it's a lot of money just for the barrel. Yeah. You can buy like oak chips or like oak staffs that you can soak in bourbon or whatever you want and then just toss that in your either the fermenter or secondary or something and do it that way. That's kind of the dirty and cheap way to do it, but you get the same right, same right. kind of effect. Yeah. Probably not nearly as complex as if you actually do a barrel because there's going to be some oxidation. Mm-hmm. O- oxidid- oxidation. Wow. Oxidation. Yeah. Let him talk. Let him fight through that one. My bad. That was interesting. Hear that again. I don't know why I stuttered. Oxidation. The day, Junior. I know how to say oxidation. That's kind of strange. Anyway, yeah, so with the barrel, you do get some other notes that you wouldn't get just from using the oak chips and and whatever. But I've never done yeah. that. I know Travis has used oak chips before, and but you get some level of success with that. Yeah. Crap, I can't speak either. Success. <laughs> English is hard. Yeah, because on the inside of an actual barrel, you're going to get char, and then those notes don't come through in just ch- mm-hmm. toast chips. <laughs> ch- chip. Wow, I think you are on the struggle bus today. This has been. Yeah, yeah, no, we haven't even started drinking like the the big stuff yet, uh, and we've got a big one today. Speaking of like unconventional brewing technique, <laughs> we have our icebox style today. Yeah. So this yeah. is going to be well, right now. We're drinking. Uh, well, some of us are because Travis has not reached for it yet. Uh, our pre-drinker today is uh, another beer from Great Raft, and it is the Creature of Habit. It is a Imperial Coffee Brown Ale. And it is phenomenal. Which comes in at 8%. Uh, it says, liberal amounts of coffee whole. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't English today. English. <clears throat> Run the struggle breath. Oh. <laughs> Don't give him another Coors Light. <laughs> the outtakes episode for this one is going to be awesome. <laughs> Just one after the other. <laughs> boom, boom, oh, and we're all guilty of it this time. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, as you carefully speak. <laughs> I know. <Okay. laughs> what? So it says, liberal amounts of whole bean coffee for early birds and night owls alike. We are all creatures of habit. So there you go. It's, it's good. It is. It is very good. Um, it's tremendous. I'm not getting a whole lot of warmth from the 8% brown ale, but the coffee is definitely there. Coffee. Coffee, 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 coffee. Some toffee notes. Yeah. But coffee, very smooth. Getting a little bit of like a nutty. (laughs) Thank you for that, Sawyer. You're you're welcome. In in the aroma. I mean, not the aroma, but the flavor. But Mm -hmm. yeah. I would imagine that it does have very nice notes. (laughs) Yeah. You can at least smell it, Sawyer. You don't have to taste it. You're right. Hand me the can. The dented can. Somehow the can got dented. I don't know. <sighs> Welcome to our new weekly segment called Sawyer Smells Beer and Has an Orgasm. Sawyer I want to get me some Climax. <laughs> <laughs> you walked in at the right time. Are we at the tasting party or are we still sniffing? <laughs> I've been on. <laughs> Sawyer will be sniffing for okay. the next several months. No, not several. Just like... You know, one, one and a month. half, one and yeah, half one months. and a half months. That's not that. That's not that much longer. Yeah, not too bad. It'll fly by, and I'll be drinking before you know it. Yeah, mm. it smells good. I can definitely smell the coffee. Oh yeah, it comes through. Yeah, gonna have some coffee when I get home. <laughs> you want? Do you want to take that home for like tonight? You can like <laughs> sniff the can. If we could turn this into like a Febreze air freshener, like a pillow or something. <laughs> 
Sure, I'm sure you can just, you know, make a pot of coffee and you get the same effect. <laughs> but it's not beer. Yeah. That's thing. a very roasty flavor. Yeah. And lingering aftertaste. I could see how you could get that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I can tell that some of those things from the actual aroma. Almost mm. verging into the ashy, like cigarette mouth. Hmm. Like almost. I could almost see that. She tastes like cigarettes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Run, Forrest. Yeah, like the the morning after having a hard night of drinking and smoking, you wake up and you got that, that lingering cigar yeah. taste. I've been there. I could go for a cigar. Baby must suck ash. <laughs> But once you get past all that, all the other flavors are quite nice. Yeah, just a maybe it's a little harsh, a, a touch too much. Yeah, yeah. it's good, um, a little harsh, but overall it's pretty good. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'd buy it again. It smells nice. All right. Well, thank you to our listeners <laughs> again. Thanks to our <laughs> listeners again. And uh, just a reminder: if you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, go ahead and do that so you subscribe. can subscribe. Make sure you get all of our latest episodes. Um, Word. Things are going to be heading in a little bit different direction in the future. We're going to kind of rework how we do things a little bit just because it's it's getting harder and harder to find some of these styles that we want to feature. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to do a a call out to our listeners. Uh, calling you out. <laughs> uh, all call for beer. Don't we, send us all call, though, because we can get down here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but basically what our idea is... Um, is if you're not from around the DFW area where this podcast is hosted out of, uh, and you have some local favorites that you would like for us to to taste and talk about, then uh, you should email us, and we can give you an address to ship that to. And then what we'd like you to can do... Email me at fratto.brewstyles at netscape.navigator.org. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not right. <laughs> I'm not sure that's correct. Um, Chris at Bruce Styles. Yeah, just just do that would be easiest. Chris at BruceStyles.com, and uh, I can send you my address, and you can ship us some some beer. And what we'd like to do is actually uh, call you and uh, record that conversation as part of the, the episode to where we can drink the beer with you that you send us. Yes. Um, and have a conversation about it, and you know that'd be really cool. Kind of reach out to our listeners a little bit, feature some mm-hmm. different parts of the country, and maybe some beers that we can't get. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool. So, and you could drink right along with us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you're interested in in doing something like that, then send me an email, Chris at BruceDallas.com, and we can work out the details. Mm-hmm. I imagine we'll get some new drops out of this too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jim from Iowa just yelling, yelling something random or something. I'm actually really excited about this idea. Yeah, I think it it could be really cool. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some interest. Yeah, um, you know, people that want to. It's the actual mailbag. Participate and and contribute a little bit to the podcast. And yeah, I think it'd be really cool. We're Definitely. also we're also going to be kind of balls. What <laughs> balls? What? <laughs> Oh, you said mailbag. I said mailbag. Yeah. Power suit. That, that's You're where looking at me when you hit the balls button. That's where you find your ball. Oh. <laughs> this is in your mailbag. In your mailbag. <laughs> oh, ah, in your mail 
Hag balls. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're also going to be kind of changing up, um, like even just the what we talk about uh, format that we've been doing. Like we're not necessarily going to tie these to specific styles anymore, are we? Well, every yeah, so often we will. More or less, um, focus on what's commercially available. Um, mm-hmm. rather than like, for instance, last week when we were doing uh, dark mild, it was kind of hard to find <laughs> that style. Um, yeah. but maybe we'll kind of expand it out to a broader, uh, a broader style like wheat beers or sour beers or English beers and just kind of mm-hmm. grab a couple of things that are commercially available that maybe we haven't featured yet or things that we haven't tried um, and just kind of talk about it in a more broad sense rather than try to focus on the exact BJCP uh, guidelines. Of course, we'll all tie it back in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, kind of compare it to what the guidelines say. Maybe not necessarily judge each beer, but definitely talk about it and compare it against the guidelines just to kind of tie it all back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third part of this is we'll do some, some maybe some homebrew-specific Mm-hmm. episodes where we'll pick a style and we'll all homebrew something or uh listeners if you have a style that you've homebrewed that you really enjoy or beer that you've made that you really enjoy and you want to send us a bottle of it we can definitely um talk about it and as we have two certified beer uh, bjcp judges beer judges we can give you our feedback on it and maybe help you to to tweak it a little bit if you're trying to make it better or you're ready to enter it in a contest and you want to kind of get a preliminary idea about how it would be received, you know, any anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing, send us an email and we can work out the details and figure out what's going on with that. And when we do decide what uh, homebrew style we want to start with as far as what we're doing, we'll make sure we announce that uh, well ahead of time. So if somebody else wants to participate with that with us, then they can email us and we can work out the details at that point too. So essentially what we're doing is we just want to open it up and kind of refresh our, our concept here and, and get the listeners more involved in, in what we're trying to do. Yep. We knew this day would come eventually when we started yeah. the podcast because there's only a finite number of beer styles. Yeah. And at some point we're going to run out. Well, this is episode 118. Yeah, we're coming up on two and a half years. Yep. Yeah. And so there's a few more styles we could do with this format, and we'll go ahead and do that to finish it out. But then beyond that, we didn't want to just do 2.0 this, 2.0 that, 2.0 that. So And we'll do some of that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. we just want to throw a couple of other ideas in there and keep it fresh, mix it up a little bit, keep this, it interesting. This will also give us a chance to maybe talk about some beers that we would like to talk about, but, you know, don't don't have the opportunity to because we've already done, you know, an episode on that style. So it'll kind of allow us to revisit some of those beers that are, you know, good, but have not been featured here because, you know, we're not talking about, you know, American brown ale because that happened quite a while ago. (laughs) Yeah. So there you go. And, you know, as always, if you have any ideas or things that you'd like to hear us talk about or, or things we could do differently, then uh, shoot us an email or leave us some feedback on our website or on iTunes reviews, and we'd love to hear from you. You guys suck! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just give it five stars. A quote from an actual review. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, that was your phone call. I was <laughs> <laughs> talking about... <laughs> That was funny. Yeah. And random. <laughs> anyway, so let's uh, revisit our newest segment. Yeah, okay. So, bruising the news. Yay. 
Oh. <laughs> do we have a jingle? Yay. Do we have a jingle for Brews in the News yet? No, not yet. Do, do, we just do, came do. up with the name. Yeah, <laughs> which that we have to attribute that to the Travis. Thank you for that. I would have never thought about that. Brews in the News. Yep. Or, he stole it from somewhere else. No, <laughs> it's it's formatted off of something else. But yeah, yeah well, whatever. Okay. So, anyways, all right. So first, uh, Fox Four. So news. Uh, I googled it. <laughs> I did Google it. Actually, I Facebooked it. He just Googles beer every week. Yep. Actually, that's kind of what I do. <laughs> I Google beer news. All right. Yeah. But Fox 4 News, that's actually popped up on my Facebook feed this week. Pizza Hut announced Tuesday it will offer beer and wine deliveries to customers who order food from its restaurants. My question is, why hasn't this been a thing already? You know, that is a good question. Like... I, I, <sighs> I don't know. The company said it was starting the booze delivery in Phoenix, Arizona, and hoped to expand within the next year. Hmm. Uh, we know that beer and wine go great with pizza, and we're uniquely positioned to deliver these given many of our restaurants. Yes, that's right. Okay, let me back up. We know that beer and wine go great with pizza, and we're uniquely positioned to deliver these given many of our restaurants are already serve- they already serve beer and wine. Uh, really? Yep. Mm-hmm. When you combine that with our extensive network of delivery drivers, we're excited to provide a unique and convenient experience for our customers. My only problem with that is that, that I mean, I was a delivery driver once. I'm not saying I did this, but delivery drivers take things. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Sawyer, do you have do, you, do we have a delivery delivery boy uh, confessions it, to hear? Maybe. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, <laughs> I, I've seen people take you know extra two liters of sodas and things like that and make a pizza without paying for it. You know, so why not walk off with some beer and wine? Hmm. My question is like, what Pizza Huts around here actually serve beer and wine? Like in in Dallas, because most of the Pizza Huts I I see now are the kind of just the small little hole in the wall like they don't have any seating it's just takeout yeah. and delivery and they don't really have like a place for beer like they don't really have beer like i i remember in the old days that pizza huts were primarily restaurants and actually sit down and stuff like that and i think there are still a few of those around but maybe not here yeah some of them even used to have like all you can eat buffets yeah you know, kind of like cc's right. i vaguely remember that yeah it was a lot like back in the 90s you they, know? they used to be a little bit bigger in california um like the the actual restaurant pizza hut um it was kind of it was one of the several pizza places you could just kind of go to especially for like the this you know your little league sports team party or something you'd go mm-hmm. you go you know just like you have uh, a pizza joint here you just maybe go to the pizza hut yeah yeah so i don't know we'll see how that turns out yeah i'll keep you guys posted i know people oh yeah pizza places oh so we'll see all right so let me ask you guys something would you be interested in having a beer and specifically a russian imperial stout that tastes like a Krispy Kreme donut you know there is a there's a donut beer the the rogue voodoo donut I think mm-hmm. they do have a donut beer but I've never had it I'd be I'd try it for sure this one's very specific to Krispy Kreme okay uh, I don't know how many of them I could have because that sounds just like a rich <laughs> yeah yeah full bodied and multi yeah well even though these guys call this they call these uh, bars are really not their breweries 
Two Tampa Bay, Florida area bars have combined their talents and their sweet tooth tendencies to collaborate on a new limited edition beer that's made with actual Krispy Kreme donuts. Okay. Hidden Springs Ale Works and Arcane Ale Works are both in the process of brewing the Russian Imperial Stout with the sugary treat and expected to be in uh, to be available by January. It's interesting that it's going to be mm. an Imperial Stout. Yeah, it's going to be 12 and a half percent. Huh. And the bottle will cost $25. Jeez. Uh, well, <laughs> I imagine yeah. it'll be a bomber. It doesn't say yeah. how big it is. Yeah, that that actually does make sense. So Hmm. Uh, and they even got Krispy Kreme to sign off on the concept, though the company didn't oh. appear to be any help when it came to naming it. <laughs> so a little bit of co-branding, yes, taking the free marketing, which I don't, I don't remember them listing the name of the beer. It's probably like Krispy Kreme Donut Hot and Ready or something. I don't know. Hot and ready, hot, <laughs> hot and ready beer. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't list a name, so I guess we'll find out at a later time. So, uh, so yeah, okay. There's that one, and then, but wait, there's more. Is there? But wait. Now this one's kind of funny to me. We've all okay. seen the new Bud Light commercial, right? Dilly dilly, dilly dilly. Oh boy. What? No, I guess I haven't. Oh, I don't watch TV. What? Oh. <laughs> Basically, the conceit of the ad is um, it's like a medieval, you know noble rich party and like everybody is bringing the king bud light case of bud light and the and the king's like oh you are a friend of the crown dilly dilly and then one guy is like here's this honey mead that i've been super into and it's like almost like record scratch and he's just like hmm you're going to the pit of misery dilly dilly and uh so they sent him to the pit of misery for bringing in a uh for bringing in, you know, actual beer. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. But, yeah, the the whole part of this story, though, is dilly dilly. Let's just keep that in mind. Okay. okay. So, uh, this week, uh, the brewing giant AB InBev served numerous cease and desist letters to everyone from wineries, coffee, roasteries, to craft breweries. Uh, they also served a new cease and desist letter, this time to Modest Brewery in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. Instead of the usual legal correspondence, Anheuser Busch had a little fun with it. Dilly dilly, the, non- yeah. <laughs> the nonsensical catchphrase that has swept the nation thanks to the latest Bud Light commercial spoken by a king in a medieval setting. Uh, modest Brewing Company saw Dilly Dilly as a name for their Mosaic Imperial IPA. Hmm. That caught the eye of Budweiser's attorneys. Instead of a simple uh, C&D letter, Bud got creative. As the beer tapped on December 1st, enter a medieval scribe who read the deceased letter from an actual scroll. Oh, my God. Asking that Dilly Dilly be a limited edition release, then offered two tickets to the 2018 Super Bowl. The letter reads, Dear friend of the Crown Modest Brewing Company, Congratulations on the launch of your new brew, Dilly Dilly Mosaic Double IPA. Let it be known that we believe that any beer that is shared between friends is a fine beer indeed, and we are truly flattered by your lo- by your loyal tribute. However, Dilly Dilly is the motto of our realm, so we humbly ask that you keep this to a limited edition one-time-only run. This is by order of the king. Disobedience will result with additional scrolls. Ooh. What if I want that guy to come back? I you don't know, know. But there's a lot. There's a lot under a lot of undertones in that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it goes on. Then a formal warning, and finally, a private tour of the Pit of Misery. Please send a raven, letter, or electronic mail to let us know that you agreed to this request. Also, we will be in your uh, citadel of Minneapolis City, I guess, for the Super Bowl, and would love to offer you two thrones to set game for two of your finest employees to watch the festivities and enjoy a few Bud Lights on us. Yours truly, Bud Light. Well... So they're essentially bribing them to stop. Yes. It's it's pretty much, I mean, it's a standard. Well, did they copyright or trademark Dilly Dilly? I, w- I, would, I would imagine that that would fall under the realm of copyright for them because... Um, well, unless they actually did it. No, I mean, it's it, it, it's a work created by them. You don't necessarily have to register the copyright for it to be legally binding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it helps your case. It, it firms it up a bit. But, I mean, you know, I've... I, I've delved into the copyright uh law type of thing a few times and um, it's not what's it it's not what's legal it's what you can prove well yeah but you know <laughs> as far as budweiser having a copyright claim on dilly dilly they have all of the commercials that they've aired over you know the past several months with dilly dilly so i would imagine that that would fall under some sort of copyright for them yeah either way it's dumb like, I mean, come on. <laughs> and they're also calling themselves the king. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, no. Yeah. <laughs> they rule well, all of things beer. Budweiser that's, that's is the king the of beers, well, man. I'm just saying, it's kind of. That's, well, that, that's more the, the role playing aspect of is it. Is it, I think. though? Speaking I of, really don't know for sure. Speaking of the kings, the most important thing about it, though, is they got people talking about them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And naming beers after them. Mm hmm. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> I'm sure it was done in jest. Yeah, I'm sure. A jester? Oh, jester king in, in the c- courts and kings. Dilly dilly, dilly dilly, dilly dilly. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, one last one. Okay, mm. which state in the United States do you think produces the most beer every year? Colorado, California. Um. Any guesses, Powers? Uh, Wisconsin. Okay, you're all wrong. Texas. No, you're still wrong. <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> Believe it or not. Pennsylvania br- distributes the most beer? Supposedly, according Produce? to this article. Every year, per, uh, Pennsylvania... Wow, English. Every year, Pennsylvania brews enough craft beer to get the entire nation drunk twice. Over a billion bottles of beer are produced in the state, according to data from Brewers Association. That's enough to give every American over the age of 21 over six drinks. In a niche industry, which still only accounts for about 12% of U.S. beer sales, according to Brewers Association data, that's a lot of beer. That's all I had to say. (laughs) So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. Pennsylvania, of all places. I so. think they have Yingling as base. They have there. Yingling, yeah. yes, and that's one of the biggest ones. Yeah, but that wouldn't necessarily be craft. That's, no, but that's it's still macro. beer. It's beer. Yeah, I think they were just trying to be very general with beer. They weren't saying craft beer. I could have sworn I heard something. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, so well, even with like Coors and Miller and all of that, I you would think that. Yeah, because Coors is brewed in Colorado. That's a pretty. Big distributed beer. Yeah. yeah. That's why I went with Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, Miller and all that. Yeah. So. so that is uh, Brews in the News. Brews in the News. 
We'll get you a theme song eventually. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. What are we talking about today? Icebox. We've already made the joke, but I st- it still pops <laughs> in my head. <laughs> That's a little cold. As in the refrigerator. Oh. <laughs> How Sawyer are you? I am not drunk. But you're Sawyer, though. Oh, yes. He's very Sawyer. Yes. One hundo. All right, so who's going to oh, uh, give us some guidelines? I read it last week. I, I can do it. All right. <laughs> I've already got it pulled up. Okay. Oh, that's what you thought we were going to be doing. Yeah, that's what I was planning for. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, my, my bad. Pull it up myself. All right. So, overall impression. It's been a while since I've read these things like this. A strong, full-bodied, rich, and malty dark German lager, often with a vis- viscous quality and strong flavors. Even though flavors are concentrated, the alcohol should be smooth and warming, but not burning. So we don't want any kind of burning. Hmm. Hmm. Aroma. Dominated by a balance of rich, intense malt and a definite alcohol presence. No hop aroma. May have significant malt-derived dark fruit esters. Alcohol aromas should not be harsh or solventy. Hmm. Appearance. Deep cupper. A dark brown in color, often with attractive ruby highlights. <laughs> Lagering should provide good clarity. I've messed that up before. Head retention may be moderate <laughs> to poor. Off-white to deep ivory colored head. Pronounced legs are often evident. Flavor. Rich, sweet malt balanced by a significant alcohol presence. The malt can have... Uh, how do you say that? Maillard? Maillard. Maillard. Okay. Maillard products, toasty qualities, some caramel, and occasionally a slight chocolate flavor. No hop flavor. Hot bitterness should or hot bitterness just offsets the malt sweetness enough to avoid a cloying character. What is cloying? That's like sickly sweet. Oh, okay. Cool. May have significant malt-derived dark fruit esters. The alcohol should be smooth, not harsh or hot, and should help the hot bitterness balance the strong malt presence. The finish should be of malt and alcohol and can have a certain dryness from the alcohol. It should not be sticky, syrupy, or cloyingly sweet. Clean lager character. Clean yogurt least. Mouth feel. Thank you. <laughs> Mouth feel. <laughs> Mouth feel. <laughs> <laughs> Added to that one a little bit. Uh, that's a new one. <laughs> Mouthfeel. <laughs> full to very full body, low carbonation. Significant alcohol warmth without sharp hotness. Very smooth without harsh edges from alcohol bitterness, fusils, or other concentrated flavors. Man, that was my nickname in high school. Sharp hotness. Oh, God. I was going with fusils. Yeah, no. <laughs> Comments. Extended lagering is often needed post-freezing to smooth the alcohol and enhance the malt and alcohol balance. Pronounced ice, as in like ice cube or iced tea. Or ice ice baby. Ice buck. Not east? No, not east. It's actually spelled E-I-S for those of you who are not reading this. so <laughs> uh, Let's see. Uh, style comparison. Icebox, you you're welcome. Icebox are not simply stronger doppelbox. The name refers to the process of freezing and concentrating the beer and is not a statement on alcohol. Some doppelbox are stronger than icebox, not as thick, rich, or sweet as a wheat wine. Vital statistics 
original gangster 1078 to 10 or 1120 ipus 25 to 35 final gangster 10 to oh, i'm sorry 1020 to 1035 swarm 18 to 30 abv 9 to 14 percent got a little bit of weight to this one yeah it's it's got some stuff going on mm-hmm. it's fantastic yes yeah, tr- tremendous we do have the one commercial example though the Bombacher. Oh, yeah so boom so that's, that's funny. In the vital stats, it says ABV 9 to 14%. And yeah. then you look in the characteristic ingredients of the same exact page, and it says, same as Doppelbach, commercial icebox are generally concentrated anywhere from 7% to 33%. Where? Okay, really? 33%? Yeah. Wh- which one is that? Uh, there's one. Um, gosh, I'm trying to... Because I was searching out on specs online. Brewdog did one. Yeah. Because uh, there was a time when there was a race to see who could make the, the highest alcohol beer and sell it. And so, and they did this process. And it was between like Brewdog and somebody else. They would make beers like Tactical Nuclear Penguin. Nuclear? And, yeah. <laughs> Nuclear. That's how W said it. So I'm going to say it that way too. <laughs> and uh, the end of the world... It was like a beer that was yeah. was served in a, a legitimate squirrel corpse. Whoa. Yeah, they taxidermied a squirrel and then put a bottle in there <laughs> and then served it that way. I mean, it's, it's a real thing. That gets weird. I, no, I believe you. I, that's just, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor squirrel. Okay, yeah, there's um, there's sh- Shorks, Shorshbach. I don't know. Shorshbach. Uh, they have a 57% here. Whoa. Like yeah, Cobra it's Venom or something. Three hundred and fourteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that's an insane one. That's more than the new Sam Adams beer, the Utopia. Utopias. Yeah, was oh, that what it is? It got an S on the end. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. And so well. the process of making this, they literally have to freeze the beer. Yep. Which water and alcohol have different freezing points, so the water in the beer would freeze first. Yeah. And then you would have a layer of ice on top, which is 100% water. You'd remove that, and then what's left on the bottom is a concentrated version of that same beer. Right. So you got concentrated flavors, concentrated alcohol level, and that's the that's the, the process of making it. Um, in many ways, it's similar to distilling because you would... Mm. It's kind of like reverse distilling. Yeah, you would, yeah. you would make a mash and then... You would heat it up so that the water steams off first. Yeah. What's left behind is the concentrated version of liquor. And so because of that, icebox are hard to find in America based on our distilling laws and what you can sell. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think it's the other way around. Alcohol steams at a lower point than water. That's why you have the condenser and the collector. Oh, yeah. Right. So you're, you're distilling, you're pulling the alcohol off, and what the steam becomes is the liquor. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But that's what I was reading, that, uh, that today Icebach may be one of the rarest beer styles around due to the expense and effort that goes into producing it. This style is also rarely found in the U.S. because of alcohol laws that put freeze distillation or fractional freezing in the same category as other forms of distillation. Huh. So and that, may, that may seem rather silly, as it's legal to brew 20% ABV beer, yet you cannot freeze a beer and concentrate it down to between 9 and 14% to make it an Icebach. Just because of the way that laws are written in certain states, so that's kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, as far as the as far as the history is concerned, Kulmbach was is credited with having the first one. 
in uh, the 1800s, and there, there's a tall tale. Yeah, the, uh, the, the, the tale of the accident that... Yeah, that, uh, that there was a, uh, a head brewer that told the brewer's assistant to bring the, the barrels of Bach inside the brewery before a hard freeze was coming in. And, and poor guy did all the work, but then he got really tired and couldn't bring the last barrel inside. He's like, ah, I'll just do it tomorrow. Hmm. Goes home and then comes back and, you know, the barrel had, had burst open because of the freezing inside. And then what was left inside the brewmaster forced the little guy to drink it because <laughs> of his laziness and they couldn't Off sell it. the ground. And so he took a glass of it and slowly lifted it to his lips and drank it slowly and then realized he wanted more and then asked for more <laughs> because it was such a tasty thing. So is that real? Eh, who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But um, uh, as Powers mentioned, we do have the one commercial example that mm-hmm. comes from that brewery and uh, we're going to start with that one today. Cool. Cool. Let's do it. Well, our first beer, as we've already said, is the commercial example, Kolmbacher Eisbach. Eisbach. I don't even know why I'm saying it like that. I don't either. Um, we already discussed this. Yeah. It was in the in the guidelines. Eisbach. Hmm? Eisbach. Like frozen water. Yes, I know. I just... <laughs> also like ice ice, baby. Yep. Exactly. refrigerator. All right, yeah, for like the refrigerator, yes. Um, they are. Uh, this one rings in at nine point two percent alcohol by volume. It is the original German Eisbach. Original. The original. Um, funny thing on the neck of it, it actually doesn't say it's beer. It says it's malt liquor. Um, <laughs> so that's a Texas thing. Is it with labeling? Okay. Because I'm not sure that that might just be related to the fact that uh, you know, like those distilling laws, can they can they actually label this as beer, or because I don't actually see this called beer anywhere on the label. Yeah, there were some stupid Texas laws as far as labeling that below a certain percentage you called it beer, and above a certain percentage you called it ale, and then that was kind of stupid because you had. Things like Imperial Pilsners that were labeled ale even in, it was a in Texas, even though it was a lager, yeah. And then right. malt, malt liquor was another category on there, too. So, uh, okay. I bet it has something to do with that. At some point, they got rid of those laws, but I'm assuming that Kohlenbacher just left the label like it is. It's like, whatever. Right. Okay. So, yeah, this is, um, they, they even have the story that uh, Travis told during the history section about, you know, being the beer le- being left out in the brewery yard and stuff. Ah, vindication. Yes. I'm not on, fake news. Yes. It is on this label, <laughs> I believe, uh, well, because this is the original Icebox, I believe that this is the brewery where that happened, um, allegedly. So, yeah. Origins. Origins. Um, yeah, not much else going on. It has a nice picture of a glacier on the uh on So the it is label. ice. It is ice. So we should also say that these this style is different from like Bud Ice and Yes. The, those the ice beers that came out in the nineties. Mm. Yeah, those are not ice box. No. You can put them in your ice box. Oh god. Oh. <laughs> 
That one is like the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah. Um, Appearance very clear. A lovely oh, yes. like ruby character. Oh yeah, looks yeah. looks very very good. Mm. Uh, yeah, tan head that is relatively persistent, nice and creamy. The aroma is just amazing. Get a lot of grape. Yeah, so lots of dark fruits. Yeah, plum. Mm-hmm. plum. Yeah, nothing like real harsh from the alcohol. Did you at least get a whiff of it, Sawyer? I, I did. Thank you. I'm, I'm sniffing my bottle, but I might have to take my glasses off to get deeper in this thing. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, lots of dark fruit notes, some sweet, syrupy character. Uh, doesn't smell overly sweet or cloying, as we learned what that term means. Not getting any hops, but we're not supposed to. No. And as far as yeast character, I'm not really picking up any estrus from that. It's just all, it's all, all dark, fruit. dark fruit. You know what this kind of smells like? Hmm. Hacker Shore. Oh, oh no, it doesn't. What? <laughs> Not even close. How does it, how does it smell bit. like Hacker Shore? <laughs> it, it just does, okay. The actual beer does not. You're just sniffing the puddle. <sighs> the flavor is very sweet. Uh, very much lots of dark fruit. I think this might be might become my most favorite brew style or beer style after uh, Martson. Well, in it. the taste, I get malt. That's a lot <laughs> of malt. There's a lot of malt there. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, nice, nice flavor. Do you get some of the dark fruit notes come through? Um, bit of sweetness is evident, also. This uh, reminds me a lot of a quad. Yeah, Ooh, I could see that. Or, or a barley wine, like Ooh. maybe a cross between a barley mm-hmm. wine and a quad. Like, like, like your barley wine. Mine didn't have this much dark fruit in it. It had some, though. Yeah, some, but not nearly this much. That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe a cross between barley wine and a quad. Mm. And I'm not really a huge fan of quads. I think it's a little bit too much fruit. Too much dark fruit. It it gets, like, kind of sickly sweet. And this is not that bad, just because the the Belgian yeast characters aren't there to kind of multiply the, the fruit esters. But it's still really, really sweet. And sugary, dark fruit notes. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so as far as the alcohol is concerned, it is uh, definitely not. Uh, it's not solventy or burning, yeah. but there is some warming. You get some warmth on the finish. Yeah, it's there. That lets you know that it's definitely more, uh, more alcohol than a, a standard beer. Ooh. But uh, yeah, it's not not harsh. So they've lagered it enough to make a um, fairly smooth, well-rounded character. Yeah, way 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 on the back end, I'm getting some kind of spice. What about everything nice? <sighs> <sighs> I don't know if I'd go as far as saying like all spice or cinnamon or something, but there's something there. I don't know if maybe a else. touch. Maybe a touch. I could be convinced to like sense a little bit of cinnamon. I'd say maybe um, just like a hint of it. It's not right. It's like I said. Yeah. It's like way way on the back end. Yeah, cinnamon. Oh, that's an old drop. Wow. That's an old drop. It's from like mead, wasn't it? Yeah. We should, oh, we should do another mead episode. <laughs> that's kind of our one of our Christmas break traditions is to do a mead episode. 
Yeah, well, we've done two. Yeah. Two of them. I really like those episodes. They're fun. And it gets kind of crazy. Oh, How yeah. many meads have you had powers? I don't know if I've had one. Yes, we need to do a mead episode. <laughs> yeah, but saw you can't drink yet. Yeah. Oh, man. And he, that's where he got a he lot of his beer. famous drops. I can't. Desire. I can't have alcohol. <laughs> Maybe maybe we can do that one after I'm done with this. Mm. It'll like still be winter. Done, It'll maybe. still be winter when it's February. Because I I get turned up for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, <laughs> all the way turned up. Meats are good. Yeah, I don't want him to miss that one. Yeah, thank you, Travis. I appreciate <laughs> we'll that. We'll have to pull another bottle of Desire out just oh, because. Duh. Anyway, back it's like to 18%. the uh, back to the ice box. It's good. Um, <coughs> it's it's nice. It's um. Sugar and spice and everything nice. Oh, yeah. Sure. yeah. I don't know that I could drink a whole one. Yeah. It's really sweet. I could. I like the sweet beers. This would make a really good sour. Uh, I don't know about that. I do. Uh, that would be interesting. It would be like way doing, different. I don't know that I I would enjoy it. Well, I mean, it's it's similar to uh, a Flanders red or an Ode Brune. Well, true. Mm. I think it'd make a better uh, winter seasonal beer. Yeah. Because yeah. this is a base style and just add a little bit of the spice that's already, you know, sort of there. Mm-hmm. But it, it is definitely... Much more of everything than your standard Bach. Yeah. yeah. So, I I understand the the points of the style now, as to why they said it was more of everything. Right. This is a sipping beer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, full bodied. Well, fairly uh, medium full. But uh, I'd say full. Uh. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of there with Travis on the. It's pretty fold. thick. It's not as creamy as like a stout would be, but mm. it's it's thick. <laughs> it's thick and dark. That's what she said. <sighs> oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> that is what she said. All right. So here's the question: Poundability. <laughs> um. One. I don't think I'd go that low. Three. I'm gonna say four. One point five. Because it is still (laughs) it is still a lager, and so a lot of the harsh characters have been lagered out of it. But it is a little thicker than your typical chugging beer. It's also pretty warm. It's 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 a little warm. Not not burning, but it's warm. And so I think you'd be like halfway through pounding it and then realize, okay, this is a little... I made a mistake. A little warm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, though, it's it's too sweet to pound. That comes I, yep, too. I would feel really sick to my stomach. And it's not an yeah. alcohol thing. It's not a... It's a flavor. It's just filling. Yeah. It's... Well, I wouldn't say it's even a filling thing. It's just so... It wouldn't sit right. No. It's so sweet. I would just feel like throwing up after... I'm, I'm gonna give it a two. Not not as low as a one. I think a two is where this sits. So I'm the highest. 
Yeah, well, you didn't even taste the beer. <laughs> well, I'm basing it off of the aroma. So. We need to get you like a spittoon so you can like swish it around and taste it and then spit it out. Yeah. Just That's such a waste. Yeah, we just pour you a little taster. Yeah. Like literally a taster. Mm-hmm. Just don't swallow. I'll think about it's it. It's a lot better than butt chugging. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for God. that, Travis. <laughs> I forgot all about that. I mean, you could do. Oh God! You could do the thing where, like, you just stick a straw in, and then, like, you do like the little straw taste test. It's yeah, just a, just a little little taste. I'll think about it. Yeah, at least uh, you know, get get you because I I just see you sticking these bottles up your nose, and it just <sighs> depresses me. <laughs> I know, like, it depresses me too. The fact that you get so excited, you're just like. <gasps> It smells oh. so good. Travis, did you say a number? Not yet. Okay. I was... Oh, so it may not be the highest. <laughs> I think it's, well, it's going to be funny when Sari comes back one week and he has a regular straw and he tries it. He's like, okay, I think I can do this. The next week he comes back with like a gigantic straw. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm like, like one of the, the pixie, one of the massive pixie stick straws. With yeah. the swirls. <laughs> yeah. I promise, sweetheart, I'm just doing a little straw, a little straw full. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Of a gigantic straw. <laughs> <laughs> I think I could do three on this one. Okay, it, so, uh, it, yeah. They're still it, the highest. It's a harsh three. Sawyer. Yeah. What did you, what'd you say? Yeah. What was your I said number? three. You said three? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm at a two. As far as BJCP goes, though, mm. I mean, it is listed. Yeah. So it's the this only one listed. is the, yeah. the beer the style was crafted after. So yep. it'd have to be 45, at least. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. We, if if an entire style of beer is based off of one beer and this is it, would that be a 50? I, I mean, I mean I if guess. the entire style was created off of this beer, beer, like this specific one, you'd have to give it a 50, right? The perfect score. Because it's not even like... It's a style, and a lot of people brew the style. It's, we created this style because of this beer. Well, I think the judge in you has to leave a little little room for improvement. What? <laughs> How do you improve on the beer? The beer. That the entire style was made. Okay, 49. Is that better? There you go. Yeah. 49.99999999 stroke master. There you go. Because then if, it, if you tell them it's perfect, then they're just going to give up and... They'll they'll lay in bed it's in the, the morning. It's the beer that they based <laughs> the style off of since like the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Poor guy. I, I'd say they went home and called it a day too. <laughs> Brewmaster in Germany is just like he hasn't shaved in weeks because he's just sitting at home. Like that little I, apprentice I, I, I brew boy, he went home. He I called it quits, it. and that's why the beer's here. That's actually why they got the beer. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, nine. <laughs> so you that's got, a sehr gut. You got to give him something to strive for. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, it is fantastic. Yeah, I like this beer. Um, it's yeah, it's it's an interesting style, though. I'm interested to see what else we've got in the style. All right. Yeah. That's just nine and fierzig. That means forty nine in German. Oh. Ich spreche Deutsch. Eins, zwei, drei, vier, fünf, sechs, sieben, acht, nine, zehn. He said sexy. I heard it. <laughs> Well, we, we do have another. Oh, we got a few more. We've got yeah. the Schneider. Let, let's save the the super crazy one for the last. Yeah. Keep that a secret. But yeah, we got another. Authentic. Oh, did you look? No, 
Oh, okay. I'm talking about the other one that Powers brought. Oh, well, that one shouldn't be last. The high ABV? It the, should not. The secret one that I bought should be last. Oh, there's a secret one. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. All right. Well, as the night goes on, we are going to gradually increase the alcohol level of every example. <laughs> oh, geez. I didn't even some know point. this one. So, yes, uh, the last, the our first example was, what, 9%? 9 point something percent, yeah. Yep. For the next example, we're going to take a few steps up and head to the 12% range. Ooh. Nice. And Getting a little feisty now, aren't we? This is also from Germany, the Schneiderweiss Aventinus Eisbach. And uh, we have featured the, the regular Schneiderweiss Aventinus before. Mm-hmm. And what that is, it's a, um, what is it, a, a dark wheat beer? Yeah. Well, they also have a wheat Doppelbach. Yes. So I think this is that's probably the base beer of this one. So uh, when, oh, oh, I almost picked that one up. When we sure. poured it, we did notice that it's pretty cloudy and as a wheat beer and also probably uh, re-fermented in the bottle. Those are things to be expected. But uh, on the back it says, uh, Av- or maybe it's Aventinus. We had this problem last time. <laughs> Weenus. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, just go with that. Call it Weenus. Call it a day. We're, Evan, we're Evan Tweenus. Evan Tweenus. <laughs> Tweenus Evan has Tweenus. been known to be the most intense and complex wheat doppelbach in the world. This was the case in the past, but not anymore. Recently, uh. Hans-Peter Drexler, brewmaster at G. Schneider & Schon, heard stories about some extra special Aventinus resulting from partial freezing during cold winter transport in the 1930s. Wait. Are he decided to... Re- yeah, there's a battle going on. Uh-oh. He decided to recreate this classic mistake to further concentrate Aventinus in a modern controlled facility. Thus, the Aventinus icebox was reborn. Prost. Do they, mm. think, do they think they did this? Because Kohlenbacher did this. They think they See, didn't. Kohlenbacher said the 1800s. Yeah, and this one has the 1930s listed on there. And I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be honest. The fact that the Kohlenbacher is the commercial example, I think I believe them. I mean, they might have had the same accident. Seems like this yeah. is like just they were the first accidental beer. Yeah, we might have a rap battle going on between two old German breweries. Yeah, possibly. Huh. And yes, this one is 12, percent which is considerably higher than the previous. But not the highest one we have today. No. So this is brown <laughs> and murky yeah. and nasty looking. I have got major brown. floaties. There's you know, like a massive chunk of something at the bottom of the With the color, it kind of looks like grape juice. It looks like pond water. I can't get any light through Look the Look at window. the chunks. See the chunk? Yeah. That massive Ooh. chunk of something <laughs> of crap this at is, the bottom of my glass. This is going to be interesting. All right. Well, um, aroma. massive wooden butts. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a a brownish reddish color, but murky. It's pond water. Does have a like a beige colored head, small bubbles, just like pond water. Tiny bubbles. I can definitely smell the wheat character. Yeah, aroma. In this one's wheat. very different from the last one. Banana, banana, banana. Yeah, the. Uh, the wheat yeast, Hefeweizen yeast, comes through big time. So we've gone from dark fruit like grape, plum, into banana, and so maybe some clove. Banana. They must not have lagered this one very 
It kind of well. I mean, it's 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 a wheat. It's by by nature of it being an ice block, it was lagered. It, it just doesn't look like it. <laughs> it kind just, of smells like it's sour, unless it's bottle conditioned. Hmm. Ah, that might yeah. Huh. Yeah, because it has very bright yeast character notes in the aroma. Yes. And that was. Oh, what does it say in the guidelines about the yeast character? I know it said no hops. It's variable by base style. Let me give it a No. (laughs) I mean, it could. Okay. Uh, No hop aroma may have significant malt derived dark fruit esters. It doesn't say anything about yeast character in the aroma. Hmm. Clean lager character. It's the only thing about citizen flavor. So, well, going into the flavor, the banana is even more prevalent, I think, than in the aroma. It's like a banana, yeah, oatmeal shake. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's actually accurate. Yeah, yeah. Those are some pretty pretty prevalent flavors in the aroma. Uh, banana comes through, has a fair bit of sweetness like the last one did, but it's a different kind of sweetness. Very different. Much, much more warm, much warmer, um, than the last one. It's not nearly as rich for me. Okay. Like the, uh, the Kalmbacher, the dark fruit was so rich and present and thick and I want to say syrupy, but I know that has a negative connotation. But it was. Okay. This is. It feels lighter. The uh, the flavor profile feels lighter. Uh, the banana is a lighter flavor than the dark fruit. And I just I, I think it tastes better. That's just me. Hmm. It, this is more drinkable, more enjoyable for me than the Kalmbacher. Which is interesting because if you think back. No. <laughs> just a few episodes ago to the Dunkless Vice Beer episode, yes. you made it very clear that any kind of wheat beer or or Dunkelweizen was very difficult for you to drink because of just how Yeah, I I didn't say that this aromatic would be, and fruity it is. I and, didn't say this is my new go-to. No, I said it's better didn't. than the other one. So it's just um it, lesser of two evils, if you will. I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think your your perspective has changed because of what we started with. Right. I'm not saying that I, I'm going to you know go buy a six pack of this and drink it every no. day this week. No. I'm just saying that this is more enjoyable for me and easier to drink than the Kohnbacher because the Kohnbacher was so thick and yeah, I know. It had, had we flip flopped them, I think you would have said the opposite. Mm. I don't know. The Kohlenbacher was just so heavy and syrupy sweet for me. Like I can still feel it in my stomach area. <laughs> Not my esophagus area. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I don't Maybe. know. I, it's it, it's certainly just super different. It's just like I'm, I'm surprised these are even the same style. Um, they're so Well, different. one's a wheat base. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. The other one's, I guess, just a regular Bach base. I guess, yeah. But as a Bach, it should it shouldn't have this kind of crazy over the top wheat character. Yeah, because a well, it's a, a, a wheat Bach, a Dunkless Weiss beer, yes, but a Doppelbach, no. Is Two this a Doppelbach or is it? 
What did it say on the? I don't remember. Well, yeah, on the label it said the uh, the complex wheat doppelbox. Yeah, so it's a. I mean, it is a wheat beer then. That's what they're calling it. Have you stuck the bottle up your nose yet, but Sawyer? Wheat yeah. yeast is <laughs> ale yeast. It's not a lager yeast. Huh. It's the most intense and complex wheat doppelbach in the world. Might be the only one. <laughs> yeah. If it's not actually a style, but of course, you know, nobody cares about BJCP. Yeah. So they We did Doppelbach really, episode a long time ago. Yeah, they can really do whatever they want to, but I mean So they pro they obviously used a wheat uh ale ale yeast strain. And I would assume that they that they warm fermented it, you know, like maybe sixty five degrees or or sixty seven to start with to get all the, the crazy yeast phenols, and then probably cold crashed it, lagered it for a little bit, then froze it, did the the icebox series because there there are still a lot of rough edges in this that I wouldn't consider to be lager-esque no it's def it's who it is hard to nail this one down i mean you get you know it's 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 obviously just the wheat based um nature of it is just so jarringly different from the last one that mm-hmm. you know i i would tend towards the first one personally um i think i enjoyed those flavors just a little bit better um and I normally really like wheat beer. I don't know what's going on with this. I think it might just be like kind of like I get this really like I, I it it's super warm just on the back of my tongue and as it hits the back of my throat, I don't think it's um it's de- it definitely that alcohol presence is definitely a little bit more there on this one than with the first one. I mean, granted it is about 3% higher alcohol by volume. Um so that is to be expected. But I think that shows you can feel it. You can yeah. feel the difference. You can absolutely feel it. And uh, I think that's why I'm having a little bit of a harder time enjoying this one because I, I I get the initial flavor. The initial flavor is pretty good. And then suddenly the back of my tongue, it's not burning, but it's hot. I'll say that for sure. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I had a, I had been to Specs earlier this week to look for a beer, and I couldn't find one. But I did uh-huh. run into the... Uh, the Firestone Robertson, their TX bourbon, Ooh. that is a locally uh, or Fort Worth made bourbon. Okay, and they had released it in December of last year, and there was a huge line for it. Demand was crazy; I couldn't ever find it, and so I ran into it this week. And a uh, fairly expensive bottle, but I was like, you know, I've never seen it. I always wanted it, so I decided to get it. Yeah, I took it home, poured a little little taste for myself, and uh, it. Definitely has a has an alcohol burn like you'd expect. Oh it's yeah, forty five percent bourbon, but you know I, I get obviously nowhere near the the level in this beer, but I do get some of the similar kind of alcohol warming characters. Yeah, it's Definitely. not uh, it's not over the top, but it's to the point where it's almost between it's, warm and hot. But it's it it yeah it's it's not to like solventy levels at all i agree with that yeah but it's definitely it 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 definitely affects my enjoyment of it for sure um i'd say i'd say it's you know it it 
it puts a little bit of a damper on my enjoyment of the actual beer. For me, based off aroma, I would definitely pick the first one over this one. This one, it smells sour to me. Huh. I don't know that I like that. It's almost like a punch in the face. I don't know. I maybe, can see what you're saying. Maybe it, maybe it's the fact that I'm sniffing it out of the bottle versus and, the and, glass. And the, fa- and the fact bottle. that you've got those chunks down there. Oh, that, that too. There. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting an extra bit of something. But no, yeah. I yeah. It's 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 definitely a different smell. It's yeah. It is the bottle and the glass. So and I, and I I really like sweet beers. I don't <clears> like. I mean, I like sour beers, but not as much as I do sweet. So I would definitely pick the first one. Uh, this is. I'm not getting sour. It's just the the wheat banana character is kind of that may be what it is. It's just different. It kind of makes it seem like it's sour, but it's not. I don't know, you know. Hmm. So I really do think this style would sour well. I agree with that. Yeah, because yeah. you brought that up, and then I smelled it and thought, I just thought sour, and I could see this as as being a, uh, um, you know, similar to the 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 Jacobins. Yeah. Or Jacobins because it's it has yeah. the dark, I mean, flavorful base, and then you add the sour on top of that's it. That's what I was saying with the the Kalmbacher. I, I mean, it would be very similar to like a Flanders Red or an Ode Brune or something. I right. would have to drink these, you know, actually drink them to to be able to give my opinion on that. <clears throat> It'd work. It would work for sure. I'll take your words for it. <laughs> now, the issue I think would be having the sour yeast survive the, the high alcohol. Uh, atmosphere, or I guess like maybe you would sour it first and then freeze it. That'd probably be the way to do it. Yes, because the souring usually happens. Well, if you're using lactobacillus, that would have to happen before uh, you actually ferment it. I think something with this, you'd you'd probably want to do a blend, like maybe pull off right. a mm-hmm. gallon or so, and then sour that one, and then do the other one standard. Blend them together, then do the the icebox freezing process, so that you you do still have that. I wonder if it would up the sour flavor too, because if everything's magnified with the freezing process, that's what it seems like. Everything is concentrated it flavors, would, aromas. It would All depend right, I have on my how long term project. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I have the ability to do an icebox. You do, yeah. But that little because my fermentation chamber is a freezer. Oh, it's it's a it's a. <laughs> it's like a dorm size fridge, but it's a right. freezer. Okay. You know, remember that one time Perfect I size accidentally eight. did an ice box? <laughs> yeah, and didn't you throw it away? Well, yeah, it was on the ground. It melted. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, no, the ice is what you discard. Well, no, I mean, everything was on the ground. Oh. Yeah, so this like might pants be. pants on the ground, you know? The, <laughs> looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. This might be a good time to bring up. How you would do an ice block as a home brewer? Hmm. You could freeze it in the keg, like I do. Sure. Yeah, you could freeze it, but then you have a keg with a layer of ice and then the sweet liquid on the bottom. So how are you going to? Oh, actually. So I'm sorry. I have the answer. Well, I know I had one one thing before you get to that. When mine froze, the alcohol froze too. Oh, so, so you, you froze you, you froze it too cold. Yeah, it, it well, was too I mean, much. I, yeah, I didn't do it on purpose. So, but, but yeah, know, yeah. I mean, because I just opened up the keg one day and it was frozen. You froze it too much. Why I froze does, it. Why, why is like accidentally freezing beer like a thing that happens? Yeah, I that's actually a good question because because it happened to the both these guys the, faster, and and I forgot about it, <laughs> and 
And now it's frozen. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good day. So, yeah, because apparently both of these breweries accidentally froze their beer at some point. Yeah, I mean, you can freeze alcohol. Oh, yeah, no, but like. It just, it's not like alcohol is unfreezable. Well, I know, but it's just funny. When you're in the German Alps during the winter and it reaches 20 degrees below zero, then, yeah. Mm. Better butt chug. There's been plenty of times when I've been at a party and then I've stuck a can of warm beer in the freezer because I wanted to drink it quickly uh, and, and then, then forget about it and then that's a and then yeah day. you wake up the next morning and if it's your house then you open it up and you're like oh crap because it has burst mm-hmm. and you have frozen beer everywhere mm-hmm. or you get a picture from an angry uh party <laughs> member who owns the house and sends it to you yeah <laughs> that has happened more than once so our good friend uh friends Jamil Zinashev and John Palmer have their book, Brewing Classic Styles. Ooh. And there's actually an uh, icebox recipe oh, okay. oh, in here. Mm-hmm. And I was going to wait until the end when we mm-hmm. used to mm. do a homebrew recipe. But since you asked the question about how to do this on a homebrew level. Teach to the teachable moment. Um, I guess his gonna... process is very spelled out in here on how to, how to go about doing this. One of the first thing he says is the mistake many brewers make when attempting the style is that they start with a beer that has too much alcohol and caramel flavor. Okay. They end up with a beer that is overly sweet and candy-like or one that is very hot with solvent-like alcohol. It's important to brew a very clean, Doppelbach-type beer with a good level of attenuation. Once it is concentrated by freezing, any fermentation flaws become concentrated and more intense. Oh, so you want to make sure, so maybe that answers our souring question. So you want to make sure that you have a really good base beer that's not over the top. Right. Okay. So something to be, simple. Right. Something very simple. Beer. Pale ale. Uh, if you don't start with a very yeah, clean beer. lager beer <laughs> with a dry enough finish, or you don't allow enough lagering time for the beer flavors to mellow, you won't end up with a good ice box. The key is to use less caramel and Munich malt than is typical Doppelbach. Remember, all the flavors are going to get concentrated, presenting a much more intense profile. If you don't back down on certain ingredients, the beer will become cloying and over the top after freezing. Freezing? So you're going to do a Doppelbach minus some of the Doppelbach characters. Okay. (laughs) I got you. So that it's not way too much. Yeah. So you want to start off weaker because you know that it's going to intense later. Right. Yeah, okay. so the, the, the freezing process is basically just a magnifying glass. I got you. That will expose your flaws even more than that just traditional brewing. So, yeah. So you, so so the good flavors get magnified, but also the bad gets magnified yes. as well. Yes, cool. it can. So once you have finished fermentation, let it lager for one month at near freezing temperatures. Okay. So that way everything is going to settle out. And you get a good lagering that happens. Right. Then he says transfer to, to a Cornelius keg. Don't do it in a like a glass or plastic fermenter because at some point, you know, as we all know, water expands when it freezes. If the top freezes first and locks in the pressure, then when the bottom part of it freezes, you could bust open. Yeah. That's like a bomb waiting to happen. Yeah. So he says to use a corny keg or similar container that can be flushed with CO2. Bombastic bitter bomb. (laughs) And it can withstand the freezing process without cracking. Put it in the freezer. Check every 30 minutes by shaking the container. Once ice crystals form, you will hear them sloshing 
sloshing Schlossberg. against the side of the keg. Initially, the sound of the ice crystals will be faint, but as more ice forms, the sound will increase. You want to pull it out of the freezer when approximately 20% of the beer has turned to ice. You'll need to guess the first few times you do this. Transfer the still liquid portion to another container, leaving behind the ice portion. If you wish, you can let the ice portion thaw and measure the volume to use in calculating the beer's strength post-concentration. If you remove 20% of the water, it will be equivalent to OG1109 FG1030 10.6 ABV. I guess that's based on his other numbers from the earlier part of the recipe. So it's not like you're freezing it and then chipping away at the ice to get to the beer. It's going to freeze in chunks like ice so it's sloshes. Gonna, so not, it's more like you're straining it. Iceberg, rot it! Right. The ice, right? <laughs> yeah. Because when I first thought about doing something like this, I thought, okay, I'll just have my glass carboy and I'll just crank down the temperature. Right. And as you would expect, maybe the top part of it will freeze first. Yeah. So then I'll just, you know, get my really long, like, three-foot screwdriver that I have, <laughs> chip a hole through the ice, drop in my siphon, and siphon off the beer from underneath the ice. Mm-hmm. That's right. kind of my, when I was looking, I thinking too. about it in my head, I was like, okay, that'll be pretty easy to do. Yeah. Apparently, he's saying if you just, you know, this is like a, I'm going to spend tonight, and I'm going to ice box my beer. Right. <laughs> Not like, I'm going to just set it over there for a day or two and let it freeze and then siphon off the beer. This is a probably several hour process Yeah, to get it done correctly. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So there's your there's your answer to your question. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because I, I know that other home brewers have done this kind of process, but they put a small batch in like a three liter Coke bottle and then... It's obvious to see where the where the ice line is, and then they just siphon out from there, because as plastic you can Probably, cut it, yeah, and then drain it from there. Um, but I do like the I do like the method of freezing it and being actively watching, you know, and listening and see when the uh, when the, the ice level is at the the proper percentage, right? Um, hmm. Yeah. That'll be fun to try. Oh, uh, I did find out about my Christmas present this year, and it's going to be a chest, a chest freezer. You really? found out about it by accident or on purpose? I, well, I made a deal for my, for my Christmas present. Oh, oh. My Does wife it have wanted something to do with Lady Gaga. Yeah, she wanted concert tickets, and <laughs> and I wanted a chest freezer. So we're both getting what we want. <laughs> cool. So, right. in, uh, fantastic. In like a month or so, I'll have logger capability at my home brewery. We nice. need to talk about temp controllers then. You don't like the Johnson? Well, I've, we can talk. Okay. <laughs> my uh, Johnson's okay. we got to give our numbers on this. Oh, my God. We're still doing a podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, right? That's what I'm saying. We, that's not related so to what's what your poundability rating on this one, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to four on this one. I think I'm going to go the opposite direction and go with a two. I'm going to say three. Oh, man. I... I Okay, I boxed myself in. Okay, I'm going to put the Kohlenbacher at 2.5 now and this one at a 2. I think that's where I need to be. Yeah. Yeah, I said the Kohlenbacher was a 3 and this one's a 2. Yeah, this one th- this one's definitely less poundable than the Kohlenbacher, for sure. The Kohlenbacher was a 4 for me. Eh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we all, well, except for Chris. Yeah. Chris went, went up. Down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I said, this is more enjoyable for me than the Kohlenbacher, but it's anyway. wheat beer. Ugh. 
Yeah, so well. it's not above a five. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, moving what's on. next? All right. So we have one more Icebox beer, and it is actually called an Icebox, like spelled I-C-E. Um, it is from Franconia Brewing Company out in McKinney. Um, and this is their Icebox beer. The first one was 9%. The second one was 12%. We are uh, ringing in with this one at a nice, mild 17% alcohol by volume. Oh, good Lord. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be... This, this one's going to hit a little bit harder than the, than the last two. Um, this is almost twice as crazy as the Kulmbacher, almost. Um, so... This is, I mean, this this one, this bottle pretty much tells... I'm not going to be able to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> this bottle pretty much tells the same story. Uh, in 1900, they're saying on this one, an apprentice forgot on a cold winter day to carry two barrels of Bach beer into the brewery cellar. Oh, now the, we're up to two. Yeah, exactly. This, this tale just keeps getting taller and taller and taller. Um, the barrels stayed outside, were covered by ice and snow, and weren't discovered until the fall. Until the following spring, apparently. What? Yeah. The uh, the barrels had burst and the apprentice <laughs> was reprimanded, but the carelessness was a stroke of luck because under the thick ice coat, a Bach beer extract remained strong tasting and high in alcohol content. So this one is actually a, you know, a local brewery. Um, Franconia, I think, I've, I think I talked about them last week, too, just because I had had a few of their beers. Um, this one was... You know, not super easy to find. I happened to find. I, I happened to be searching it out on the Specs website. They said that, and it said that they had a couple at one of the stores near me. So I went over there, and sure enough, they had it. Hmm. Um, it is going to be heavy. It is going to be strong. It's it's going to be gonna fun. Be fantastic. So let's start talking about it. Dark. Yeah, seventeen percent is crazy. It's I, I can't see through it. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a dark yeah. brown, almost black. It's opaque. black. I think on the edges I can get a little bit of like rubiness. There's like almost no oh, head. Maybe a little, like orange highlights, almost. Yeah, no head on dark this. Dark tan, tiny bubbles, and that's about it. Oh, that aroma. Oh. Yeah, it's like raisins. Yeah, oh, that, aroma. That is chocolate and alcohol. I'm getting chocolate in the aroma. Yeah, I, I, I am getting that chocolate. I'm yeah, getting I a can little see bit the of chocolate. That get the raisins. Definitely smells a lot more like the Kohlenbacher. So yeah, I would agree. Yeah, with this that. is not a banana wheat. No, <laughs> no, not at all. No, not even close. Is this the company that at Big Texas has the big? block of ice that they served the beer through yes oh it was okay. i thought that was raw for some reason no. i know it wasn't raw but i couldn't remember if it was franconia or one of the other yeah i looked back through their uh, untapped pictures just now which thankfully untapped add that option back in because for a while you couldn't look back through pictures of every beer like we mm. used to yeah and i just looked back through and some of the earlier pictures have cam at a big texas beer festival with a giant block of ice yeah. feeding that sucker through there because that's the only time i've had this one i didn't know they bottled it until tonight uh, I, I don't think they bottle it very much like this is this is definitely a very limited distribution it has to be yeah can be cheap to make yeah and they yeah. can't make a whole lot of it because of just how much space real estate it takes yeah, up yeah. and and it's expensive i don't know the tax laws as far as american beer but i don't know 
Yeah. I imagine it's pricey. Yeah. This tastes drastically different than both of the other examples. Yes, it does. If you handed this to me and didn't tell me what it was, I would say Imperial Stout. Yeah. Imperial? Yeah. It has a lot of those characters. It's roasty and chocolatey. Is it yes. thick? It is very yes. thick. It's very mm. full-bodied. And it is actually... Is it I, as thick as 1050? Yes. Okay. Hmm. So then I know it's the I, motor oil. Yeah, it is I mean, soft. <laughs> Full bodied and malty. There you go. Uh, yeah, this this tastes like an imperial stout to me, like hands down. I wouldn't be surprised if that's their base style for this one, yeah. and not a doppelbock because it doesn't have the dark fruit character that we found in the in the uh, Kohlenbacher. Can I see the puddle? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. That was on purpose, by the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. Where's the puddle? I mean, I'm getting a little bit of dark fruit, like a little bit of that raisin-ish note on the aroma, but yeah, it's not. It's definitely not as much as the Kohlenbacher. Yeah, and the uh, the level of sweetness in the flavor is a lot lower than the other ones because it's more uh, more covered up by the roastiness of the dark malt. Yeah, it's not. It's actually not as warm as the uh, Schneider. Um, I don't think. And that's interesting, knowing that it's 17%, yeah. but I don't really... I'm not may- getting too much alcohol. Maybe that's why they picked the roasty notes to cover that up. Yeah. Yeah, it had to have been. Because, like I said, it's just... it. I don't get any of the dark fruit character that we did out of the Kronbacher. I keep yeah. wanting to say Kronbacher. <laughs> I think that's a different beer. It's a different brewery. The, uh, the Kronbacher had so much dark fruit character. It did. That this is not that at all for no. me. This is straight up Imperial Stout. Hands down. That's what I thought we were drinking for a second. Yeah. I mean, it's dark, it's malty, it's roasty, it's toasty, it's chocolatey. There's some coffee notes in there even. Hmm. That doesn't sound to me like it fits the Bach style. No. Because a Bach is not roasted. Let's see. Because if you look up the... The style guidelines for Bach, I bet you it says something in there about not roasted. All right. The first time I had this was at Big Texas Beer Festival 2015. My notes in that one. Served through an incredible ice barrel, dark brown, murky color, no carbonation, coffee aroma, toast, and malt with a sharp nose, sharp fruity flavor. No, it says sharp multi-flavor. I don't know what that is. Also, that is sweet and dry, toasty with a... Better finish and harsher mouthfeel. Man. Harsh? Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I wouldn't be able to see the harsh mouthfeel. I believe at that time it was 22%. Oh. oh. That year. So, um, Bach. There's Helles Bach and Dunkel's Bach. Helles Bach is the lighter one. Dunkel's Bach is the darker one. Flavor for Dunkel's Bach. Complex, rich maltiness is dominated by the toasty, rich Maillard products. Some caramel notes may be present. Scroll down a little bit. Clean fermentation profile, although the malt can provide a slight dark fruit character. No roasted or burnt character. No! <laughs> Period. Okay. If this is truly a Dunkelsbach that they made, or a Doppelbach into an Icebach, something something weird happened. Okay, but I, I honestly think that the beer benefits from that. I think it. I think it tastes better because of well, the roasted. Well, we all expect dark beers to be roasted and yeah. maybe have some kind of coffee or chocolate notes to yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I I saw that two years ago. So yeah, it was coffee and roasty. So it was still the same beer. 
then it's not truly a Bach. No. No. Well, not according to BJCP. And as Frado so eloquently says so often, brewers don't care about BJCP. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're going to take this and call it an ice Bach, it's not. So that begs the question, is the term ice Bach meant to refer to the style of the beer or the process of freezing and removing the ice? Well, the style of the beer is the process. Yeah, so... As they even put on their own label. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. So should we expect this to be a Bach or should we expect... Yeah, or, or should, I, I would say if you're going to call it a Bach, it needs to be yeah. a Bach. Yeah. And Bachs don't have roasty flavors. No, they don't, this is not a Bach. So even okay. yeah, taking away the whole ice percentage, or even if it labeling. was a regular Bach, it still wouldn't. Like I said, that I read the Dunkel's Bach guidelines. It said yeah. no roasted flavor. So should we period. call this? Should we call this a freezy stout instead? <laughs> <laughs> like a slushy? It's yeah. an ice stout. An ice stout. Seriously, this tastes exactly like an imperial stout to yeah. me. Yes, and if you were to enter this particular beer in a BJCP. Uh, judged homebrew competition, then yeah, I would say that, that it would well, it would not do well as an ice block. No, based on matching the, the the criteria that we read earlier, it would do much better as an imperial stout. Yeah, um, I think it would do very well as an imperial stout. Right, beer. I can't think of another style that will enter it as because that uh, the imperial stout has all the check boxes that you look for. Uh, with the beer that's in our glass right now. I would not enter it in an ice buck. No. Because I don't think it would do very well. Don't get me wrong. This is a great beer. I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. Sure. Not an ice buck. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the perils of being a BGCP judge is yeah. sometimes you're served a beer that's very tasty, but if it doesn't match the guidelines, then you have to dock it. So, you know, as a person, as a human drinking this beer, I really like it a lot. I would certainly yep. order it again if I had the chance. Absolutely. Um, but if this was served to me in a BJCP setting under the category Icebox, I would probably give it a, a 25 or... Yeah, I was thinking mid to high 20s <laughs> just because it misses the mark on the style. Yes. Which is what the score sheet says. Now, keep yes. in mind, comparison says Icebox are not simply stronger Doppelbox. So... It's not necessarily saying that it's like not like it's right. It, it but says it's not necessarily just a stronger Doppelbach because so it's, it's not a stronger as an alcohol. Yeah, it is a Doppelbach that has every single aspect of it heightened via the freezing process. Okay, I mean that's how you brew it. You brew it as a Doppelbach. If anything, it's got less malt than a Doppelbach, like what we read in Jamil's book a minute ago. But the base style is still a Bach. Hence, ice Bach. Yeah. As the temperature of the beer increases, the the warmth and heat increases as well. Also, the the and I just to say it, on the back end, very back end, I do start to get some dark fruit as it warms. Right. But okay. it's completely overshadowed by the overly roasted chocolate notes. Yeah. So, as a BJCP judge, you don't write, you should enter this as 
an imperial stout. No, no, no. You your comments are based on as it was entered. Yeah. So then I would say lower your chocolate malts, black malts, roasted barley, whatever it is you put in there, lower that number significantly. Maybe toss in some special B or something. Mm-hmm. Increase lagering time to smooth mm-hmm. out some of the edges. Yeah. Because, you know, now's a good time as any since this is the last ice box to, to mention what Jamil actually used in his recipe. And the recipe is called Steve's 50 because when he tasted it, he said, this is a 50-point beer. And he said the highest score it ever got was a 49. Hmm. So this recipe is like, that's an ice box. Right. If it got a 49 in a contest, you don't get any higher than that. Yeah. As we mentioned before. <laughs> no one's going to give a beer a 50. Right. Uh, he's got Pilsner and Munich. This is seven. Yeah, it's a 7. Um, this beer goes to 11. This beer goes. <laughs> Pilsner malt, Munich malt, Care Munich, 60 Lava Bond. That's it. Pilsner, Munich, Care Munich, 60. That's it. No special B. No special B. That's surprising. What well, is a little bit surprising, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Magnum and Hallertau hops and uh, either White Labs, WLP 830 German Lager, Y-East 2124 Bohemian Lager, or Fermentus Saf Lager S23. Yeah, so where are you going to get your dark fruit character out of that recipe? No idea. Which is why he said to lower your character because if I were to flip back a page to go to Doppelbach he still only has Pilsner Munich and Kara Munich but the yeast changed because for the Doppelbach he said to use German Bach lager or Y yeast 2206 Bavarian lager hmm. okay traditional Bach actually has more stuff in it Pilsner and Munich Care Munich, 60 again. Crystal, 120. That's going to be darker. Yes. Uh, Musdorfer Roast, 200 Lava Bond. And Melanoidin, 28 Lava Bond. So you've got some more things in the regular Bach recipe than you do the Doppelbach or the Ice Bach, which is really strange and kind of surprising to me. But anyway. Okay. By palindability writing. <laughs> <laughs> I saved know? one for this one. I'm with you. This is a one. I. It's heavy. It's roasty. It's alcoholic. It's. I'm gonna agree. Everything that you would expect a one poundability beer to yep. be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He did think about it though. I I had to think if I had to put the. Do I dare go it. against the grain? No, no. You know, and 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 here's the thing. Like I actually find this to be less poundable, and so now now I'm gonna have to do some ret- retroactive editing, or maybe even just put this at a two point two five or something. Um, because reverse it. I actually find right. I actually find this to be less poundable than the Schneider, so. I'll put this like at a 2.25. But you're not going to go to one? I'm not going to go down to one. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, what's next? <laughs> All right. Well, next up is the Weinstefaner Corbinian. There's my really bad accent. But anyway, 
I but saw really, this one um, whenever we were prepping for one of our other Dunkles episodes, which had to have been Dunkles Vice. Um, but it wasn't labeled as a wheat beer, so I didn't pick it up, and I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to try it. And uh, anyway, it says Dunkles Stark beer. Don't know exactly why, mm. but it is a Doppelbach. Iron Man's official beer. Yeah, there you go. Uh, comes in at 7.4%. So is this the smallest thing we've had today? Yeah, so far. Even e- even the even pre-drinker. Even the pre-drinker was more than this one. <laughs> um, there's not really a whole lot on the label as far as like anything about the beer, other than it says 7.4%, and then it's got some uh, nice decoration on the label mm. brewed under the purity law of 1516 we haven't seen that in a while the Reinheitsgebot <laughs> um, the last time we saw that one was Dunkel's Vice beer when I brought in the Wein Stefaner Reinheitsgebot store dark and keep cool 56 uh, sorry 46 to 52 Fahrenheit so anyway there you go Wein right. Stefaner Corbinian Corbinian we just got a friend request on Untapped from a, a friend of ours in the club, Robert Scroggs. Yeah, hmm. and it Robert just happened now, Scruggs. so he's listening. So oh. welcome, welcome to the podcast, Robert. Well, he's not listening right now, but <laughs> oh yeah, we're live. Well, he could be, yeah. but to he's, another episode. he's a certified Cicerone and BJCP certified. We need to get him on. He was in the class with us, dude. We totally should. Oh yeah. my god. Okay, we should. All right. So this one is. Uh, it's very dark, but I can see through it. It's it's clear. It's kind of uh, purple. Ruby red. Yeah, it's very, very dark. Ruby highlights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pretty clear. Off-white tan head. Yeah. Good appearance. Oh. Hmm. The aroma reminds me more of the Kallenbacher yeah. than anything else. Getting can you that dark uh, fruit. pass the bottle, please? You want the bottle? Yes. Yeah, I get some uh, dark fruits and... Plums and raisins. Yeah. Uh, maybe like a touch of clay notes. Just, it, it's really. Oh, that smells delicious. Really flavorful in the aroma. Wow. That's a, just a nice aroma. Oh, that's good. Taste is very similar. It, I mean, it's it's a lot of dark fruit, but it's thinner. Let me yes. taste it. <laughs> Are you going to? No. No. Oh, figured. I wish. Um, <clears throat> this if if we were to compare it to all the other beers that we've had today, it's the Kohlenbacher. It is. That's watered down. <laughs> yes, I was gonna Yeah. So gonna I'm that. really confused as to why the BJCP said it's not a Doppelbach when it Well it's, by it's not definition. Jest. Well Jest is the key word there. Okay. I guess so. But by definition, it is a Doppelbach that's stronger. But it, maybe they were trying to make a point that it's not just stronger alcohol. It's stronger everything. The flavor profile is stronger. Right. The body is stronger. The alcohol is stronger. Everything is just more. Yeah. And I wonder if they were trying to make room for other styles, too, knowing that, yes, the Kohlenbacher started the whole process, and it was a Doppelbach to start with, but yeah, maybe they wanted to leave room for... Like Franconia did, an Imperial Stout Icebach. That's why I'm wondering if, like, it has to be Bach-like. 
That's that, that like that's I mean, that, more that's like the a, only thing. But like what, a variable by, by but, but it does say clean logger yeah. character, so that's okay. that's a must. But it okay, talks yeah. about fruit. Like we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast that when we were drinking the Kalmbacher. Yeah. Other than a Belgian double or quad, what other dark beer has a lot of this dark fruit character? Yeah. There's not many. So this it either has to be a Bach slash Doppelbach or a Belgian ice quad. <laughs> <laughs> Belgian oh ice my quad. Gosh. Can it's you a imagine, hybrid. Can you yeah. imagine what that would be? Because those are already quad. like 12% and then you'd ice that one over this or is starting a, to sound like a cluster a barley ice wine oh oh that sounds delicious my gosh i've been really craving barley wine lately you've been craving beer. every beer i know right, which is understandable i need to brew that one again because i'm out of it yeah we drank your last one your last two yeah didn't i miss it yeah you were asleep but we enjoyed it yeah it was delicious Thank and you it was by accident wasn't it yes. yeah we didn't mean to <laughs> But when I you realized to, it, we... I wanted to cuss just then, but I can't. <laughs> we did not check the explicit box. There you go. This is good. I like this. I do like this. This might be one of my favorite vine stuffoners. I can see that. The, uh, it, it has the, the well-rounded character. Yeah. Yeah. It's very drinkable. Yeah. Some of their other good ones would be... Well, Oktoberfest is good from them also. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, said one of, not mine, yeah. overall. <laughs> And then obviously they have the, the oldest beer in the world, the premium Pilsner, allegedly. And their uh, their Hefeweizen is uh, a standard. But, well, I guess yeah. we just need to say all the stuff that they make is good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They, they, they're, they're consistent. They're very I haven't had a vine stuffoner that I don't like. Well, they've been doing it longer than any of us. Like anybody. They're the <laughs> oldest one. Us and everyone else. Yes. So they know what they're doing. They still claim to be the world's oldest brewery. Indeed they do. Which Indeed they do. I guess if nobody stands up and says otherwise, then I guess they can just keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was, but Do you not remember that bit? What? I guess not. So what's your poundability <laughs> rating on this one, huh? <laughs> He's too young for that. I guess uh, so. I'd put this one at like four. Because for me, it's going to be higher than the others, obviously. Yeah. But it still has that dark fruit. It, it's still relatively... I wouldn't say it's really heavy. It's relatively heavy. I, I could do a five. I'd go higher than that. I'm going to have to agree with Travis. Five. Based on aroma? Based on aroma. <laughs> I'm going to do... That's fair. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to side with Chris here and go four. Yes. <laughs> now we split. I do think this is more closely related to the icebox style than what the guidelines led on, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. It, it is very similar, just on a lower scale. Yeah. So this is a applicable beer to have on this podcast. Now, we didn't actually go over the Doppelbach guidelines, but knowing what we know about icebox and Doppelbach, what would you rate this as a Doppelbach for BJCP? Mm. Oh, 40 easily. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Th- this is a commercial example. For sure. Yeah. This oh, is, is it? A, it is. I don't even look. The Corbidian is a commercial mm. example. Oh, so yeah. Easily 40. Yeah. Most likely much higher than that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't find any flaws with it. It's, it's a very nice. It is very, it is nice. very nice. I like, I like this, this beer. All right. Well, we've got one more. I like this beer. <laughs> 
Prado's laugh at the end. That's my favorite part of that drop. The classic drop. <laughs> All right. We have one more that's totally off the wall, and I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, my, oh God. my God. So this one I have not shown to anyone. All right. So the next beer that we have is one that I I always like to, to bring out when we're recording because I love seeing the reactions from people. It's a secret. It is a secret. Uh-oh. This is the Ankt Schlakerla. Oh, oh my God. No. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm looking at. <laughs> it's the Ankt Schlakerla oh Doppelbach. So I'm we're going to get a lot of one thing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't exactly. know. Wait, what, what's going on here? I as don't we know, as we know, this specific beer. That's why I said before this, like I know Powers hasn't had this. This is a <laughs> smoked beer. Everything they okay. do is smoked. Uh, we've had the Urbach, the Martzen, uh, their wheat, and so this is their Doppelbach. Well, you know what that's from? Hold on, let me uh, let, let, let me see that bottle <laughs> real quick. All right, huh? Oh, oh gosh, that is uh that is that is strong. Well guys, as much as I'd like to hang around and smell this beer, I gotta go. Smell yeah. it again. Well oh. no, smell it for the All first right. time. <laughs> well smell this. No, what lock. I meant by again was I've had a schlanker law before. You've had a schlank of schlanker law. Smells like hot dogs. A schlank ton. Yes, a schlank ton. It smells like hot dogs. Anyways, y'all have fun. <laughs> All right. See you, Sawyer. Bye, Sawyer. Later. See you next week. Schlankerla. So this is... How do you even pronounce that? Eicht. Schlankerla. Schlankerla. So the, the, the story behind this brewery, as far as I remember, it's been a while since we actually did the history on it, but uh, the guy that opened the brewery, would he was walking around and he was always swinging his arms. Okay. And the translation translation of Schlankerla is something like swinging arm man. <laughs> and so right. that was his nickname, and so the, he opened up his brewery and called it that. I, I okay. think that's the story. I don't remember exactly. It's something similar to that. Huh. So everything that they do is smoked, as far as I, as far as I know. Yeah. Everything that Let we get know. around here is smoked. Their, their website is www.smokebeer.com. There you go. So, uh, yeah. Um, I remember Appearances. when... We we started drinking this one around a campfire. Our smoked beer episode we did around a campfire in my backyard, and the smoke character was highly reduced. Okay, because of the campfire. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because our nostrils are used to taking on this campfire smoke, and then we smell something that also has that, this and then it kind of neutralizes smoky. it. But you yeah. pick out the things that you don't like the uh, the malts and the caramel notes. So if you want to know what these beers actually taste like without the smoke, then do it around a campfire. Oh, yeah. Okay. Funny how that works. Sense. Um, this one has a very clear, like reddish, red orange. Yeah. yeah. Red orange. Oh my god. <laughs> Fairly clear. Uh, beige head. Yeah. Small bubbles. Smells like campfire and bacon. Aroma is straight up smoke. Campfire and bacon. Nothing. That's bad. what I. That's what I think. Yeah, it's like a smoked turkey. Um. <laughs> Yeah, very just, just very smoky. But it is like eight percent, I think. I mean, it, yes. it is their doppelbox, so it, it is. is a doppelbox that they've added their smoke character to. Eight percent, yes. So I don't smell um, any dark fruits. I don't smell any, any yeast notes. I don't smell any hops. It's just, just all smoke. Yeah, it's all smoke. So whatever, whatever that is, it covers up everything. It's very meaty, like a meaty smoke. Yeah. Yes, meat. Well, like I said, like kind of like hot dogs or sausages or something. And guess what it tastes like. Smoke. Meat smoke. 
<laughs> I can't wait to get a big long sausage in me. It's gonna be great. What in the world am I drinking? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Which is why I, I wanted this reaction into my throat and then boom there it was gone. Because I, I this with with the short amount of time that Powers has been on the podcast with us and yeah, Hayden had anything relatively this. short amount of time that he's been drinking craft beer as long as I'm aware. I would have ventured a very strong and pop probable guess that he'd never had a smoked beer before. Yeah, no, I haven't. I absolutely haven't. And this is an interesting adventure into whatever in the world they do to this to this <laughs> yep. beer. This is so, oh my smoke. goodness. So, what do you think about your first smoked beer, there, oh, Powers? Oh boy, I feel I feel like I'm drinking hot dogs. <laughs> that is that is what I'm doing right here. <clears throat> I would. I don't know that I'd say hot dogs. I, campfire, mm, maybe like bacon. Some bacon. Yeah, maybe it's more like bacon. I'm drinking bacon, which I mean, some people would be really into that. Yeah, that's true. And it's not messy and sticky. <laughs> it's um, I mean, it could what? be sticky if you stuck your fingers in there. Is there any <laughs> what? What? Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> you ask me like I know these things. <laughs> oh, well. Okay, so are we supposed to be getting Doppelbach out of this? Uh, Or no? Good question. (laughs) In my opinion, all of those characters have been covered up by the smoke. It's smoke aroma, smoke flavor, maybe a touch of grain, but I mean, I don't get any dark fruit. I don't get any any kind of anything. It's just, it's, this is a, this is a barbecue beer. Oh, goodness. 100%. Like a, beer that's been barbecued like because that's what it tastes like <laughs> like or do you mean like drinking while you barbecue because uh yes <laughs> either and all <laughs> or pour it over your barbecue and then eat it and drink it i mean it's just straight up smoke there's nothing else happening here. yeah yeah woof that is tough that's a tough one right there i'm not i ooh. There are, if I remember correctly, two separate smoked categories. You okay. have the Rausch beer, which is the traditional German uh, lager style, and you have other smoked beer, right? Which would be like a, a smoked Alaskan, or, or like like a Alaskan a, does smoked porter, or yeah. a smoked Doppelbach. Yes, because a Roush beer is like a Martin that's smoked, basically. Right. And anything else would go in the other smoked beer style. Untapped has it as a Roush beer. This one? Yeah. Mm, that would be incorrect. Okay. Well, uh, but I, I don't think Untapped has a other smoked category. Yeah, probably not. So that's probably the only only thing they could enter it as. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting any of the normal Doppelbach notes yeah. that you would get. What do they do? Like, what? Uh, I don't even know. This is... As a home brewer, you can buy smoked malt. Okay. Um, or you can smoke your own malt, which okay. I believe, and Travis, correct me if I'm wrong, this gets its character by the way that they... Uh, well, malting is a process. So the way right. they malt their barley, essentially, is what it is. Yeah. Um, it picks up a lot of the smoke character. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because you got your grains, and then you need to wet them to germinate them. Mm-hmm. And then once they start to sprout, 
then you have to to dry them quickly in order to uh, cease the germination process. Or else it's going to consume all the sugars yep. okay. and, that and you the, would normally and get. And the enzymes won't be active. So you can either dry it with a very dry heat, which most every malter does, um, or you could use like over an open campfire with mesquite wood or beech wood. Oh, okay. And so then that drying process, the malt is picking up the smoke character and flavor uh, right. from that from that uh open open flame so that's where you're getting the smoked malt um roush malt beechwood smoked things yeah is going to be from that that process there's also smoke extract i've never used that i've seen it Hmm. for sale yeah they've got like the liquid smoke yes that you could probably use that would be different i know that Zach uses that in his like chicken fried steak. It actually works okay. Really? Know, small quantities. Yes. Interesting. Oh, Zach has his chicken fried steak recipe like perfected. Down to a science. Down to a science, yeah, exactly. But this beer I don't know. This would be I might have said this before, I don't know. Smoked beer would be something I would really like to cook with. Yeah, that might be good. Yeah. Pour it over a steak. Or, you know, marinate chicken. a chicken or something. It might yeah. be interesting. But, yeah. Hmm. Well, very different from the icebox, I'll say that much. Well, yeah, and, and we I started will say, with an icebox as, as we drink it, <laughs> and as I get accustomed, either two things are happening. I'm either getting accustomed to the smoke or the smoke is dissipating. Usually dissipation is a, a aroma thing, which is why as soon as I opened it, I handed it to Powers because I wanted him to smell it <laughs> because I knew that it wouldn't. It wouldn't be as strong for very long. Yeah. But either I'm getting used to it or it's dissipating, and I'm, I'm getting more of the Doppelbot character. I am too. I actually, I actually it's do It's maltier, it's sweeter, with... Obviously, the smoke is still very prevalent. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's better than it was. You just got to let this sit on the table for like five minutes, I guess. Better than it was? So you're not a fan of the smoke beer? Yeah. <laughs> uh... You know, I don't hate it. It's not like offensive like the Brett beer was last last week. Like I didn't like that. <laughs> I don't hate it. I also don't like it. So yeah. <laughs> I would say that smoked beer is A unacquired taste. Okay. And B a situational beer. I would definitely agree with both of those statements. It's yes. not something that I would just you know what? I feel like a smoked beer tonight. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not one of those things where like I, I I'll look at it at Total Wine or Specs and pick it up just because I want something different. I would probably definitely avoid it if I were looking if I saw smoked beer. Uh, but if, well, if you ever see this label with ye old font, <laughs> yes, the schlinker law guy on the then top, it's gonna too. be smoked. Would you there. brew five gallons of this? Ooh, no. This would probably be a small batch, unless. I experimented with cooking with it and realized that that was a genius idea. Then which, I might brew five gallons to cook with. Which could probably actually be pretty good. Like, that would actually taste pretty decent, cooking with it. But then but, which one did you cook with? The Martzen, the Wheat, the Doppelbach, the Erbach? I guess it just depends on what you're looking for. Yeah, because I did brew five gallons of a smoked beer, and it's at it, home. But it wasn't this smoked. Well, I don't know. I haven't tried it yet. I thought oh. you did a... Oh, the, no, I'm, I'm thinking your Chipotle. Yeah. 
That was I, a smoked pepper. I have a, a smoked porter that I'm either going to bottle or put it in a keg and serve it at the Christmas party hmm. on Saturday. Or drain pour it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't think it's gonna be as smoky as this one, but I haven't seen it since I brewed it, so And I obviously know. haven't tasted it. No. Interesting. Interesting. So what's your pounder bill pounder Oh god. This uh, might be my one. This, yeah, this is a one. Yeah, this might one. be my one. Because the one. moment you bring it to your face, you catch a whiff of the smoke and like your throat closes. Oh god. Yeah. So that yeah, this would this would not be possible to pound. No. It's and if you did it would be very unpleasant. <clears throat> now BJCP entered as a Doppelbach <laughs> would not do well at all. Thirteen. <laughs> but entered as a other smoked beer. It might do better. With Very. base style listed as a... Doppelbach. 35. Really? It has just great... Because, just it because the Doppelbach character is great not... Great smoke character, but it's not a harmonious marriage of the Doppelbach character. Even as a one... Is that a harmonious marriage style? Well, it should be. The other smoked? Yeah. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've looked it up. Now we're looking at that. <sighs> <laughs> So, uh, actually, there's a classic style smoked beer and specialty smoked beer. <laughs> Variable by base style. Hey. I'm guessing classic style is what we're looking at here, right? Because box a pretty classic style. Because it says the intern must specify a classic style that base beer. That would be Doppelbach here, yes. So, it is a, another one of those uh, variable by base style. However, commercial examples listed... Schlankerla Weizen Rausch beer and Urbach Rausch beer. So two of the, how often do you see that? Yeah, two. Schla- two two from, from the one. same brewery listed as a commercial example. So they do smoke well. well. Look at Special. They, they get the market three. cornered on that though. Yeah, they do. Well, look at Special. It's uh three of them. They have lager beer, Weiss beer, and Bach beer. So one brewery has three on this examples list. It says balance between smokiness and the expected flavor characteristics of the base beer style. Hmm. The smokiness may vary from low to assertive. Oh, this is assertive. Uh, Balance of underlying beer characteristics and smoke can vary, although the resulting bin should be somewhat balanced and enjoyable. As it warms up, I can get the Doppelbach a lot better. Nowhere anywhere does it say harmonious marriage. But it does say somewhat balanced. As so, it, I would re- as a judge, I would read that as it's okay for the smoke to be way over the top. Because as we continue to drink it, I do get some of the underlying flavors. Yep. I do. I I'd do give too. this a 40. For was, a smoked yeah. beer, it's good beer. And I was 35, beer. so we're within five points. That'd yeah. be acceptable. So it's huh. it's like anything you eat or drink after this is going to be smoke flavored. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> it's about to say I'm about to stop Which is why I, I said we should save this one for last. Okay. <laughs> Which was a, it was a good choice because I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm about to. I feel like Whataburger now for some reason. <laughs> spicy ketchup. Yeah, right. That's spicy ketchup. Anyway, so uh, there's our. Uh, what do we do? Doppelbach or Icebach? Icebach. Both 
because we kind of did both. But anyway, well, there's our Icebox episode. We did it. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Next week, we are going to do the winter warmer episode, right? Mm. Yes. Mm. Baby, it's cold so we, outside. So we, uh, we, we, we chilled out. Raincoat. We chilled out with the ice box episode. Now we're gonna warm back up next week with the go. with the winter warmers. Got to be go. Cheers right. until then. Thanks for listening. Bye.